Welcome to the Sound Advice Podcast, a resource for entrepreneurs and small businesses looking for honest insights and go-to strategies for digital marketing. I'm Kelvin, and my wife Phyllis, Hey. and I will share what's working, what's changing, and how to navigate the sometimes unpredictable world of business ownership. Yes, we're experts at figuring things out, well, figuring them out eventually, and we're here to share it all. The good, the bad, and the stuff we've learned about working at home together every day, all day. So let's jump in. Hi, and welcome to the Sound Advice Podcast. This is Phyllis, and Jen Lehner, bless her heart, has agreed to be with us one more time. So, Jen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks, Phyllis. Sure. So for people who don't know Jen, and if you don't know her, you really should. And I keep saying this, if you listen to the other podcast, you're already clued in. But in case you didn't know, she is a digital marketing strategist. She's a podcaster. She's a flash briefing expert person. She has a great flash briefing. We'll talk about that. Um, she's also an adjunct professor of digital marketing at Cleveland State University. And she's the founder of the Front Row Mastermind for Entrepreneurs. She is in Shaker Heights, Ohio, with uh, three kids and a golden retriever. And um, I'm just really happy that you've agreed to, to join us one more time. So welcome. And how are you doing today, Jen? I'm doing great, Phyllis. It's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, so you have been sharing some great helpful information with us. And in the show notes, we're going to have links to for this show and the previous shows in case somebody has missed those. But today I kind of felt like it would be good to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening in digital marketing, social media a little bit. So let me start. There's a couple of things I had ready and I'm sure you'll have some more um, things that will come to mind. One of the things that we're seeing a lot of, and um, I think they're, I feel like they're a little bit misunderstood or people maybe don't understand the uh, benefits of using them has to do with messenger bots. That's something I know that you've used uh, in a couple of very specific ways. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you think about that and kind of how you figured out how to use them in your business? Yeah. Um, so I love messenger bots. I use many chat uh, for, my, for my bots, but uh, you know, it's funny. It's been an evolution. So like when we first started talking about bots, it was the big thing was like, we would say, Oh, you know, it's 90% open rates and 80% click through rates. Well, guess what? Just, I mean, I predicted this would happen. Most marketers predicted this would happen. And th those number numbers have definitely, I would say have been cut in half, at least for the click through rate. And that's because people are now trained, like we now know that every time we get a Facebook message, it's not really our friend Betty inviting us <laughs> to go to Starbucks, right? Like it's going to be, it's somebody telling us about their blog post or their podcast episode or whatever. And so, so we've gotten good at ignoring those and not clicking on them. So. So that's, that's kind of the bad news, but it's, it's reality. And the truth is, even though the numbers have gone down, the numbers are still really good. Okay. So now instead of a 90% open rate, there's, I don't know, let's like a 70% open rate and a 40 to 50% click through rate. So they're going to click on your buttons or whatever that you're offering is, them. So, which is still pretty impressive. Oh, it's way better than, yeah. than email. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's certain things people have to be, you know, 
definitely super careful with, especially with all the new Facebook rules and laws and crackdowns. Um, and because, because ManyChat integrates with, uh, Facebook, um, you just, you just have to be super careful. And so I just want to say that when you set up your, your bot, if you haven't already, you have to make sure that you follow the rules and they make it very loud and clear what those rules are. I'm not going to go through them all right now, but the number one being you always tell people they have the opportunity to opt out by typing stop. Right. And you also never just send out a blast to anyone who didn't subscribe to your, to your bot. That's a big no, no. And you could potentially get your Facebook account shut down. Now, the way that I use my bot, a couple of different ways. So uh, they have these things called growth tools that allow people to opt in or subscribe to your bot in different ways. And uh, one of them is what's called a messenger ref link. So literally, it's just a little link that people click on. And when they click on it, it takes them into your Facebook messenger bot and asks them if they want to subscribe. And, and they're in the bot environment and they are now a subscriber. And you can place that bot. Um, I mean, you could place that link, you know, on social, yeah. in your email signature, like anywhere. So I love that. The other one is like a pop-up on your website. I've got one of those and it's just, it's a pop-up, like any pop-up that you would see. Yeah. And it says something like, ask chatbot Jen a question. Right. So I get a lot of, <laughs> I get a lot of people who opt in uh, through, through that. So that's cool. The other one is relatively new and really cool. And that is, it's basically done away with apps like Zopim, Z-O-P-I-M. A lot of people... There are these, there are these third party plugins that you can add to sales pages yeah. that are little chat, little chats, little chat boxes. So that if anybody comes to your sales page and they have a question, you can be right there with them and answer their questions. Well, face, I mean, many chat created this chat box that is in the, Anywhere you want it to be on your website, I like mine in the lower right hand corner, and it's got a little bubble, bubble, and it said you make make it say whatever you want. Like I'm here if you have any questions, or hi Jen down here, let me know if you have any questions. And when they click on it, unlike the pop up, the conversation happens. They don't have to leave your website; they can right. be right there as opposed to leaving. So that was sort of like a really a really big deal. And then another way I love to use them is uh, with. Uh, in Facebook Live. So like if you're doing a Facebook Live, you can say, hey, if you're interested, I've got this great guide that I just put together. If you're interested, down in the chat, type, you know, guide, whatever, whatever the prompt is that you give them. And when they type a word, it activates your bot to deliver the freebie to them in the bot. Oh, I love that. And yeah, and that's really cool. Uh, it's also a great way to get viewers of a scheduled live stream. So what you can do is schedule the live stream and then give the prompt in the text to say, hey, if you want to be reminded of this and get the worksheet, type kangaroo down below. So you're going to come up with whatever your right. word is. And then as soon as they do, and you haven't even gone live yet, they're going to opt into your bot. Then right before you go live, you send out a broadcast reminding them that you're about to go live. You see? So you end up right when your broadcast starts with a lot of viewers. And from there forward, it's all good times because if Facebook sees you have a lot of viewers and a lot of inter interaction under a live stream, you're going to get way more engagement on any of your organic stuff on all your live streams. It's just going to be, you know, unicorns and rainbows for you. Uh, <laughs> 
And so, and so, and those are just the few of the things that I like to use a bot for, but it's just, you know, you just think of it as, um, like I don't send out the same thing I would send out in an email. These are like little short little blurbs. Hey, I just published a new podcast episode. Would you like to hear it? And then I'll put a button that says yes. And then another button that says maybe later. And so if they click yes, it takes them right to the episode. If they click maybe later, then um, it says, great, here's a link to the episode when you're, when you're ready to listen. So they still get the link. And then, um, oh, and then the other way I use it, which we talked about on uh, your last episode about Alexa flash yeah. briefings is that I actually turn my Alexa flash briefings into little videos using or audiograms using headliner app, which by the way, is I think my favorite app of 2018. It is unbelievable. It is free. They said it's going to stay free. They, like, it's just unbelievable. It is. And I'm right there it, with, it, yeah, it, I was it, blown away. Uh, for right? Stuff Isn't it amazing? Yes. Yeah. And you can like, it'll transcribe your words um, <laughs> and place them over the top of the audiogram. So now it's like an amazing thing to use as a Facebook ad. But anyway, I turn it into a little audiogram and it gives me a link and then I send the flash briefing out to people who don't have a Lexi device or an Amazon device to listen to my flash briefing. I send it to people who have subscribed in that way. So they click on it and then the little audiogram pops up and they can listen to my flash briefing. So I love, I love bots. And there's actually a couple of new features that I haven't had a chance to uh, play with yet, but they've added a couple of new features as well. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That was so helpful. I, I knew about a couple of those things. I did not know about all of them. So that's incredible. Thank you. I love it. I think the for people who are, you know, not sure how to use this or not sure if this is right for them in their business, what I like is that, uh, as you mentioned, it still kind of falls under the umbrella of permission marketing. This is something that people are going to sort of opt into or at least sort of say, yes, this is okay. Or there's an automatic opt out capability. So I think that's kind of nice to remember if, you know, we're used to that terminology with email marketing and a couple of other things that we do. So I think it's nice for people to remember that it kind of falls under that. It's just another way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So now you, you touched briefly on the, um, the flash briefings and I'll put a link to this in the show notes because we did a whole episode, the last episode about this, but just really briefly, tell us about Alexa flash briefings. So Alexa flash briefings are just 10 minute audios that you're allowed to, or that you're able to send out, um, through Amazon, uh, smart speakers, uh, to an audience. I like to say you'd never reach otherwise. There are people who are right. just listening to these things while they're cooking dinner or whatever. And, um, and it's, it's just an incredible new platform that we have available to us as business owners and marketers. Great. And I think that ties in nicely with a lot of the stuff we're seeing about audio content and audio in marketing capabilities right now. It seems to be sort of the hot new thing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've read a Google uh, a statistic the other day that a Google predicts that by 2020, 90% or more of the content that we consume will either be audio or video, which is I mean, kind of sad. That means that none of us are going to be reading anymore. But, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, it kind of does. Everything does seem to be pointing in that direction, doesn't it? Well, it does, and certainly the people who pay attention to these trends certainly seem to think so as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit. Since you mentioned video, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, video we know is is big. It's 
not just YouTube anymore, although YouTube is just as big as ever. Yeah, we're seeing obviously video in Facebook, Facebook with Facebook Lives. And even now there's like Facebook's got little shows within Facebook um, and the ability to have um, pre-recorded content that kind of appears as live. That's pretty new. But what, what do you see kind of any new stuff that's coming out with video or what are kind of some new things that you're looking to do with your video content? You know, really just continue to do it um, more regularly, do do more video um, more consistently. I mean, live, the thing is, here's the way that I look at things. I pay very, very close attention to what Facebook is promoting, right? So like you just mentioned that the, the new feature they have called Premiere is a pre-recorded video that you show that appears live. So it's got like a blinking red button in the left top left-hand corner that says premiere, premiere, premiere. But really your, your brain is reading live, live, live. And why would they do that? The reason they do that is because they know that we engage more with video that is live. And so Facebook is all about what? engagement. engagement right? They know, right. If we engage, that means we're enjoying their platform. If we enjoy their platform, there me- means they make more money. If they make more money, then their stockholders make more money. And that is the, that's where the buck stops. Literally, like that right. is what yes. they are about. And so, so therefore that tells me that if we're simulating live for more engagement, then live is the penultimate still the most important thing that you can do. And so I will just continue to do uh, Facebook Lives and continue to build custom audiences off those Facebook Lives. They're so, so important. And and then also experiment. They also have that watch party thing. You can do it in groups where you show Facebook videos, but they show like in real time so that people in your Facebook group can enjoy the content together and engage, engage, engage. Uh, so, so my plan is to just continue my Facebook lives, uh, maybe even do more of them and just keep the consistency. Because as you know, Phyllis, like it doesn't matter whether you're doing Facebook lives or, or Instagram stories or Instagram live or podcasting, but whatever you do, there is no escaping the fact in order to win, in order to really see results with this, we have to be consistent. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, consistency is great. I think you touched on the engagement piece too. And I think inconsistency actually builds engagement, right? Eventually, uh, it helps. You're, you know, you're great at building community, but even in a basic Facebook Live on your regular business page, um, you can really, if, if you're there quite often doing some really cool stuff regularly, uh, people kind of notice. And I think Facebook actually, I don't know if they're helping as much as they used to, but I know that they, they kind of help when they notice that you're getting engagement with that on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And there's, and there's ways to like tweak it just a little bit that I think does make a difference. I mean, like to make sure to get the people talking and give them prompts yeah. while you're live and also to, um, swoop back in as soon as your live is over and engage with every single comment and even ask an open-ended question uh, to your viewers. Like if they say, um, oh, I'm going to start an Alexa flash briefing. And then you, and then you could come back in the reply and say, oh, that sounds great. You know, uh, what is your briefing going to be about? Right. And those little things all add up, I think, to create that engagement that Facebook rewards us for. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great tips. So thank you. And even the tip 
that you said earlier about paying attention to what Facebook's sort of hot about at the moment, mm -hmm. um, I think is really smart, right? Because that's when they're going to uh, reward you um, a little bit with maybe allowing more of your followers or viewers to see it. And so, absolutely, yeah. So, so that's a great way to know um, it's working within the system, but taking advantage of opportunities when you can. Yeah, I mean, it was it definitely saw that that with when they first enabled native video. Yeah. So w when we uploaded our videos directly as opposed to pasting a YouTube link, definitely got, you know, we saw major, major improvement in reach and in and engagement with that. And then uh, in LinkedIn video, I mean, now they're really trying to promote uh, video on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And uh, consequently, we're getting, I'm seeing more engagement on my video over there than on any other kind of post. Oh, wow. That's great to know. I think that's just a smart thing to do. So when we're taking that same idea and applying it to Instagram, I feel like over on Instagram, video has, has always kind of been big in, in Instagram. But right now I feel like it's all about Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. And that's oh, yeah. where the most of the engagement is. So can you talk a little bit? I know you do some Instagram stories. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you see happening there? Yeah. I mean, I think Instagram stories, I, I mean, it's back to this theme of the micro content. I mean, Instagram stories could not be more micro, right. right? Like, I mean, these are just little tiny slices of behind the scenes of our life, um, of, of whatever. It's a glimpse into the person. And it just appears that everything is moving that direction where we really want things to be real. Um, we want direct access. And, you know, you can do this with celebrities, follow their Instagram stories and feel like you really know yeah. these people. You're seeing what they eat for dinner. And, <laughs> um, and what I'm noticing is that people are using so they're using the feed, so Instagram feed, more for, you know, it still looks very slick, very professional, uh, very curated mm -hmm. um, for the most part. That's how people are successfully using their feed. Then uh, in their stories, it's more about engaging. And Instagram stories has given us so many amazing tools to really engage our audience by they can ask us questions and then we can post their questions back their uh, their questions and our answers back into the story. We can add music. I mean, there's so many wonderful ways that we can actually engage. And so that's become an informal place to engage with our audience. And that's how I see most people using stories uh, effectively. And then Instagram live is... Instagram Live is more like YouTube, so I think it. I think it requires uh, a little more thought and to be um, that you can produce an Instagram Live because any video in your phone, as long as it's formatted correctly, any video that's in your camera roll, actually even on your desktop, you can do it from your desktop if it's formatted correctly, can become can be added to your Instagram TV. So I think I personally. I don't have a lot of content on Instagram TV because I don't feel like I've had the time to produce the kind of uh, content that I want to live yeah. there. Instagram Live, however, um, is can be totally spontaneous, but I would say that's something that you do when you have a little bit more to say than what you would say in a story. That's just how I'm seeing it used. Does not mean that that's the template that that anybody has to use that just seems to be the trend don't you think yeah I do think um, and thanks for yeah so for people who don't know stories um, really are just uh, short snippets they don't they actually go away after 24 hours unless you decide to save them Instagram does have a way where you can save a few of your favorites 
But so it is really a moment in time. And I think the ones that I enjoy watching the most use it that way, right? It's sort of a moment in maybe they're at an event that they're sharing, whether it's a business event or uh, there's somebody that I follow that's in like fashion and, and that kind of thing. So she shows like clothing and, and whatever. She'll be at a fashion show and she just gives you that behind the scenes look. And um, so that's, I think that's the smartest way to use stories. And it's certainly the easiest because it's so in the moment, right? You just take a second and you do it. And it's not, a, it's not meant to be a big production. I don't think at least not the way I understand it. Yeah. I mean, you could, th- there are people you could tell that are really, they really plan it out. So there's a, you know, a beginning, a middle and an end. And I don't think that's a terrible idea either. I mean, I think, I think having, um, especially if you're going to use it for business, but like I'm thinking about, um, one of my friends who, who does, who, who uses her Instagram stories every single day and she starts off at her, her morning walk. And so, you know, she's sweaty and, um, she pulls her phone out. She's in motion. She's not using a tripod, but she'll, and she's always like kind of a little bit breathless because she's on her walk, but, but she has a topic for the day. So it might just be confidence or it might be a productivity or it might be content creation or yeah. whatever it is. She'll say a few words about it. And then, um, and then there might be three other things throughout the day that sort of tie in with it, but it's all very informal. And that, I think she does a great, a great job with that. And then there's the people who it's just like super not tied together at all, but very entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I do like, so talk about Instagram TV or IGTV. um, And that's still a little bit different from obviously from Instagram live. So IGTV is going to be a video that's already video content that's already been produced. um, And you upload it then to your IGTV. So people may not understand how that's different. And then the Instagram live is exactly what it sounds like. Longer videos, and you can go on and talk much like you might do on Facebook live. Exactly. Right. Okay. So knowing that video content and audio content is going to continue to grow, if there's somebody who's not sure, I think there's a lot of fear around video content in particular. I think a lot of people feel like it has to be their face. And I think if you're doing some live video, that typically is the case. But um, I, I would encourage people to look at some some Instagram content in the video sphere, because a lot of stuff that's being done there too, I feel like, um, isn't also necessarily a person's face. Like they're sharing, uh, it's a video that's been already produced, but a lot of times it's just like music with voiceover and images and things like that. Have you seen a lot of that kind of thing working? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there, there are so, there's so much content out there that is video, um, or, uh, I mean, it's so creative. I mean, I think that's why Instagram is so on fire yeah. is because, gosh, they just keep, they give us this toolbox, this box of crayons that is just, I mean, limitless, the things that you can do. So there's absolutely, you could have just voice in a picture. You could have, you know, um, B-roll yeah. video, um, video of your backyard with your voice um, and using these third-party apps like InShot where you can embed a a photo over a photo. I mean, it absolutely doesn't have to be your face. And I would say that uh, since we're talking about it, um, there are two really great options of people who are just never, ever going to mess with video. And that is uh, Twitter has just announced uh, live audio. 
and it's pretty cool. It's it's through Periscope, um, and Facebook has had live audio for a long time, but on iOS device, for some reason, on my phone, it has disappeared, that option. But people who have Androids still have the option to go live on Facebook with voice only. I don't think I knew that, actually. That's kind of cool. Um, and I didn't know about Twitter either. So there, I know, uh, so you can just do live audio on Periscope. It doesn't have to be you sitting there talking. Nope. It's cool. It's like, it'll show your avatar head and then like uh, an audio right. wave while, while you're, while you're streaming. And it shows that like audio wave and, and that's it. And, um, oh, wow. and yeah, it's I'm going to try that out cool. today. I, I love Twitter and I feel like, a lot of people I know, it's not their favorite thing or whatever. For I don't know why. For some reason, I still really like to engage there. So I'm going to try out some audio over there. So thank you for letting me know. I wasn't aware that that was happening. Cool. How cool. All right. Um, so if somebody's kind of looking at all of these different options, and obviously we know in the marketing and in digital marketing, <laughs> there's a lot of different options and things that you can do. Um, not every every single thing needs to be something that you might want to do or might not be right for you. I think there's a lot of overwhelm around some of this. Like, Oh my God, should I be like podcasting and doing video and doing these live things? And then, you know, having a chat bot, like it's, it's a lot. Oh yeah. So if somebody's looking to kind of just get started or they feel like, okay, you know, I'm pretty good with some of these things. Like I'm pretty good with Facebook. Most people are really familiar with Facebook because we've used it uh, maybe just personally as consumers or just, you know, in a personal way first. So trans translating that into a business component, I think for a lot of people feels pretty easy. So if somebody's there and they're getting ready to maybe try and up their engagement on Facebook from a business perspective, what like one or two things would you recommend that they kind of do that might be the, the best way to kind of really boost things today that, you know, might be most effective? Um, okay. There's three things. Number one, the very first thing that I would do is do your research and start seeking out people who serve an audience similar to your own, people who you like, people who you, who, who you identify with and you feel some sort of affinity for, like you feel it, you feel a connection with, with that person. Look at what they're doing and see if you like it. Like, does it does it interest you? So first of all, I'd see how other people are using these these different platforms. I think that's that's yep. number one because it's going to inspire you and it's going to be like a really good starting point. The second thing is go ahead and experiment with a few things. Like not with the idea that you are going to do the, all these things. You are just going to you're going to take a stab at it. And there's a lot of ways to do this without it causing you any harm. You know, you know when you got your <laughs> first computer and you were so afraid of screwing something up so you didn't want to click around too much, you know, <laughs> there's you can you can play with this stuff without harming yourself. So like right, in Facebook, right. for example, you can create a secret Facebook group that no one else can see and you can go in there and you can practice live streaming and no one else will see and you can get a feel right. for it and you can look at the replay and see if you like what you see or if you, if, 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 if you just can't stand it, you know, but you're going to get feedback right away from yourself. You're going to have a definite feeling about that. And, and once you sort of know where you feel comfortable or what feels fun to you um, and enjoyable, that is the number, number one takeaway that I want everybody to really hear. Because he, because back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, Phyllis, is that 
if you aren't consistent with something and you then you you will not be successful with it and if you don't enjoy something you will not be yeah. consistent with it and so yeah it's really hard yeah. it's hard to do it's hard to create content in particular i mean just sort of in general creating content i think i for a lot of people it's challenging. It might not be their most first favorite thing to do on their list, right? But if you're going to do it, you have to really do it in a way that you enjoy. Otherwise, it's just this huge sort of t- task or thing that kind of just, I think, feel like hangs over your head or something. It's torture. <laughs> it's torture. And you always feel guilty because you're like, oh, I should be blogging, but I hate blogging. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many yeah. people I talk to that absolutely hate blogging and they have a blog. And I'm like, what? How, how is that working out for you? And they're like, well, I hired someone at Upwork to write the blog post. And it looks like it. The blog posts are absolute utter garbage. They're boring. They have no personality. Yeah. It just, that doesn't work. And so, you know, better to not have a blog at all than to have a blog like that. And people can sense it if your heart's not in it. So it really doesn't matter which one of those things you pick. Definitely you only, I would say, you know, really, you could just have one platform and go all in and be just fine. There's plenty of people who only do Instagram stories. There's plenty of people who only do Facebook lives. I mean, it's absolutely just because there's 8,000 shiny objects coming our way. We don't have to, um, we don't have to do them all. But if you're curious, absolutely try and understand that you're not going to like ruin your business if you do something and try it and it's not successful. Uh, and, and you don't, and it's not sustainable. You'll just, you're going to find the thing that is, and hopefully you'll be having fun in the process. Right. Absolutely. That's great advice. I think I like the idea too, of the research to be able to, again, find other people whose, whose content really interests you and inspires you. It's also a great way to just get good ideas of like, how could I take this? I actually, Donald Miller and StoryBrand talks about this thing and he talks about, he uses a movie reference. So like when people, I guess in Hollywood, he shares this in a really funny way, but like they're pitching movie ideas to big producers and they're saying, it's like Star Wars, but, but X, you know, it's, or it's like this movie, but it's, you know, does that make sense? So, so there's a lot of this. And I think that, you know, you could kind of take that right. They're not, you're not stealing somebody else's idea or information, but if you see great content, so there's some companies that do some really cool stuff and you see like, so there's a like simple green smoothies is one that comes to my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they just do some brilliant stuff. It's branded really well. So it's like, how can I take some of the stuff that I like about what they're doing and how could I apply some of those same principles or ideas in my business? Right. Then it feels less overwhelming. I think it feels a lot more doable. Absolutely. And it's exactly like the, the Donner Miller example that you gave it. Like, you know, there's a framework, like every single movie that's ever been written in Hollywood has already been written before. There's a framework, you know, and like, right. and so, you know, boy meets girl, boy leaves girl, like whatever. Right. So there's that Conflict framework. Resolution. The, yeah, exactly. And so, and so with marketing, I mean, that was a great, that was a great example, Phyllis, because with marketing, it's very similar. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel, go find someone that's doing it well and like get in their funnel, subscribe to their email list and look at the framework. I'm not talking about their content, but did they send you a welcome email that set expectations and told you what you can, you know, that you'll be receiving from them? 
take note of that. That's a great idea. Like, isn't it great to get a first email that, that sets expectations of what you can expect by being on this person's email list? Right. You know, note, note to self, I will do that too. You know, um, and are they, you know, do they do branded intros to all of their YouTube videos? Like whatever it is, just right. make little notes. And, um, and so you're not stealing their content, but there's a framework that someone has already tested and are seemingly successful. You know, you want to find people who are doing it successfully and then just plug in your brand and your content and your message and you're good to go. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. And it's also, um, I think that part about testing is important. I know a lot of people who are into content creation and people that find doing content creation kind of fun and interesting. Um, on the flip side, like some of the analytics and some of the research and that kind of thing, isn't their maybe favorite thing to do, or they don't even really like to deal with it at all. So I think, again, if you can find some um, frameworks that have proven to be successful, then maybe you can be a little less concerned about trying to like split test every little thing or, um, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Because honestly, some people I think are just not going to do that. It's just not their thing. Oh, yeah. Like I'm moving too fast to split test everything, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, I will go back into, obviously, I'm spending money behind Facebook ads. I need to go in and do yeah. that. But like, no, I am not a super, yeah. like, I do not go way back and start digging and doing the whole like measuring one thing against the other. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's a lot of people who operate like that, flying by the seat of their pants a lot of the time. Yeah. So. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think sometimes, um, you know, you can find your groove and you know, when your audience starts responding to you, you kind of know like, okay, that, that got really good response. Like we should keep doing more of that. Right. And, and, and kind of just keep, and, and I think another good thing is just to ask your audience, if you start getting really good response with something you put out, um, I would just ask a few people like, Hey, what did you like about that? Or, you know, why did you find that interesting? Or was, you know, that sort of thing. And they'll tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for the information and thank you for being with us in this series of uh, podcasts. It's been super fun for me and you've shared a ton of really great information for people who are listening um, on the show notes for this episode. Um, there's going to be, we'll link to all the other podcasts and we'll also link to a lot of the tools and resources that Jen mentioned today. So Jen, as we wrap up, what are What's a couple of pieces of information you'd want to sort of leave the listeners with if they feel like they've heard some good info, there's still a lot of options. What would you recommend? Uh, you know what? Everything, funny enough, always comes back to my my brand of the front row. And, uh, and I really believe that life is too short to take a back row seat in life or in business. So with that in mind, like my, my, what I hope the takeaway is, is that all your listeners are just going to run to the front row, meaning they're, you know, they're, they're not going to be afraid to test things out and, and, and just put it out there. Whatever your idea is like, you know, life is short. So you just got to go out and, and, uh, and get your message out there, start testing things, I'm not going to say be fearless because sometimes there is fear involved, but I would just say like, you know, claim your front row seat and move out from the back, the back row and, and, and start testing out some of this remarkable stuff that's available to us. Oh, that's great advice. And even hashtag sound advice. Awesome. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> I it. couldn't help it. <laughs> um, so thank you, Jen. No, I think that's really, uh, 
I hope people really hear and take you uh, take your advice to heart because I do agree. Um, there's a lot of people doing some really incredible work and some incredible things, and um, they might still be like the best kept secret in the world. And if they can kind of head to the front row and really get uh, their information out, um, you know, it's going to be good for everybody, the people they're serving, and good for their business as well. So that's really um, a great way to leave things for us. Well said. Well, thank you so much again. Um, this has been a blast. I've enjoyed recording these podcasts with you and uh, thank you for being part of it. And um, I will be uh, listening into all the cool stuff that you're doing uh, in your flash briefings and on your podcast as well. And um, we'll see you in the front row. I'm using your thank you so- now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Phyllis. This was an absolute blast. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Sound Advice Podcast. Be sure to visit soundadvicesales.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love this episode of the Sound Advice Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.